Welcome back, everybody, to episode two of English on the Go with English Life with Benjamin. If you haven't already checked out the last episode, please do so, as I spoke about my experience and observations living in Germany, specifically Hamburg. Now, in this episode, I want to talk to you about something a little bit closer to home, the British lifestyle. This has many aspects to it, which will hopefully make it a bit longer of a podcast episode. We will look at the daily lifestyle, how people do things, and at what time they normally do things. We can touch on education a bit, especially boarding schools, which is or was something of a tradition in the UK. Food will obviously be a topic that we will look at closely, whilst also thinking about the British personalities. Well, and anything else that comes to my mind. I have seen some great suggestions many of you gave on Instagram about things that you would like to listen to. I have made a note of these and feel free to give even more suggestions for future episodes. My Instagram is at English Life with Benjamin, so that is where you can find me. Now, let's get to it. I was born and raised in London. I went to school there. I developed my mind and personality there. But I don't live there anymore. Nonetheless, I would say that I have quite a good grasp for what life is like there. What is life like in the UK? It does vary drastically from place to place. So when I speak, bear in mind that this is my outlook from being born and raised in London. But it might be completely different somewhere else in the country. So, it is extremely multicultural. You come across people from all walks of life. You can taste food from all over the world. And you see the influences everywhere. In shows, in cuisine, in shops. And really, I love it. It was something that I grew up with, that was normal for me, an everyday occurrence, and I would learn so many things from the people around me. Quite subconsciously, but looking back now, I, I can see it. I wonder what it is like where you're from. Let me know on Instagram. Let me know what life is like for you. Is it similar to what I'm describing or drastically different? People talk about the food a lot in the UK. The impression people have from outside the country is that it is quite boring, flavorless, bland, and maybe even quite difficult to identify. The truth is that you can find some very nice and authentic dishes, but they are suited to the climate of the UK. Heavier dishes with root vegetables like carrots, potatoes, swede, etc. Fish and chips is the dish that people know most about. But, you know, for me, it can be quite greasy with mushy peas or a battered sausage. But actually, according to statistics, Indian food is the most eaten in the country. Indian food is a big hit alongside Chinese food up and down the country. We even have a deep fried Mars bar in Scotland. <laughs> and I just wanted to mention one expression. A big hit means extremely popular. But honestly, um, the world is your oyster, especially in London. You can get any type of food that you could imagine. And we have a lot of different world foods in our supermarkets. So not only in restaurants, but you can get those ingredients in the supermarket as well. Especially in a supermarket called Asda. But we also have uh, Sainsbury's and others that stock different ingredients. You can find food from many different African countries. Eastern European sections, Middle Eastern ingredients, and even many other places. Which does 
open people's minds a lot more. It should make people more, more tolerant, more accepting. Regarding fresh fruit foods, excuse me, your typical fruits and vegetables, you can't really compare the tomatoes of Valencia, freshly picked from the field, to what you get in a British supermarket. It is an island, and many things have travelled a long way to reach our supermarkets, to reach our shores. But I still think that you can eat very well in the UK. When you think about the time we eat our meals, it is also very different to some places in the European continent. I will run you through a typical day in the UK. Breakfast could be at around 7am. You could have some toast or porridge with tea or coffee. Lunch could be between 12 and 1.30 from my memory. And you could either have a hot or cold meal depending on where you are. If the meal is cold, it might be a sandwich on white or brown bread, a packet of crisps, a chocolate bar of some sorts, and a drink. However, if the meal is hot, it could be a baked potato with cheese and beans, very typical. It could be rice with something, a sauce, pasta, so many options for lunch. It really depends on what the canteen offers where you work. And uh, moving on to dinner, you could have that at around 18, where that was 18, which would be 6 o'clock, or 7 o'clock. But I have heard many people having dinner earlier. And... Yeah, that is too hard to say what that might be, you know, what you people might have for dinner. It really varies depending on the household, depending on whether someone cooks some fresh food at home or whether they order a takeaway. But I would assume that it is the heaviest meal of the day, especially if you've only had a cold meal for lunch. Very, very different to the Spanish or Italian way of eating, I imagine. Yeah, so... After having discussed the food, maybe we could talk about the personalities of British people. I do think that all of these things do go hand in hand, though. The way people eat, the way people act, the way the things that people do, they're all interconnected in some way. So let's talk about the personalities and the stereotypes of a typical British person. I don't know whether you would consider me to be a stereotypical British person. I would say possibly not. I have certain habits or mannerisms that fit, that suit a British person, but having lived abroad for coming on six years, I think that does change you, especially the upbringing I had um, and how I was raised. So when you think of a typical British person, what comes to your mind? Cold? Distant? Standoffish? Or maybe completely different things? Who knows? Honestly, it really depends. Just like in every country, of course, British people won't generally give any kisses or hugs to people they don't know, unlike maybe the Spaniards or Italians. But we can be very friendly and open. I do feel like I am, but maybe that is down to my travels, as previously mentioned. Many people that move to London or the UK do say that it is sometimes tricky to make friends with the locals. My response is that it is the same wherever you go. Whether that's in Spain, whether that's in Germany, whether that's anywhere, from my experience, it is always tricky to meet the local locals and to make friends with the locals. But if you want to meet them, you need to put yourself in the places where they might be, like the local pub, hair salon, barbers, football team, etc. Getting in contact with the locals is the absolute best way of improving your language skills without a shadow of a doubt. 
I will explain a little bit about how the education works in the UK, because, of course, the education creates the people. So, we have public schools, which are free of charge, and an average class size might be around 30 students. Of course, it varies, give or take, but that's something that you could uh, go by. We do have grammar schools, which is something in the middle. Now, from my knowledge, they are also free, as far as I'm aware, but require an entrance exam to enter. They would be academically more challenging than a public school. But then, on the upper end, we have private schools, which have fees for every year. They could be huge numbers to pay every year. You could get a scholarship, a bursary, so you could go for free or you could have a reduced fee, but generally speaking, for your normal person, you would might have to pay quite high fees to go to a private school. But um, just because it is a private school doesn't mean that the education is as good as a grammar school or even better than a public school. Paying doesn't equal a better education in the UK. It can do, but not every time. It might mean making better connections, and it might mean being taught certain habits and learning about certain different things, but it all depends. We also have boarding schools in the UK. I never went to boarding school. It is extremely expensive on the whole, most commonly for the upper class in society. And I would say the main benefit for the future is the people you mix with and the connections you make. You do probably make friends for life. You foster a sense of community. You learn different traditions, and you meet people from all over the world. But it must be tough sending a young child to boarding school, especially at such a young age, dealing with that type of situation. The quality of teaching and care does vary greatly from boarding school to boarding school. There might not be any clear separation of study and leisure time. The pressure on the kids could be extremely high, and of course, children might get homesick. Now, boarding schools seem to be a famous part of the educational system within the UK. Let me know, everyone. I mean, do you have this in your country? And what do you make of it? When I say, what do you make of it? I mean, what do you think about it? So, obviously, we do have some very world-famous universities like Oxford and Cambridge, but we also have many others up and down the country. And people do come from all over the world to attend these universities to get a killer education. Let's see. What do we make of the weather in the UK? Known for being cold, dreary, rainy and wet and all those good words. It is true, you could experience every type of weather in one day in London, but people get used to it. You come prepared, you wrap up and bring appropriate clothing. It isn't always the nicest, it can snow in the winter, although not every year, and it does rain a lot, but such is life. It can get really hot in the summer though as well, don't be fooled. We had some moments last summer of almost 40 degrees, or maybe even hitting 40 degrees. So you can definitely say that the UK has four seasons, and you experience them very distinctively. Oh, and I almost forgot about this point, because I was thinking about wrapping up. Wrapping up means to summarise. Free healthcare in the UK. Something that we do take for granted, because it is not something that you receive in many other countries around the world. The NHS the National Health System. If you are lawfully living in the UK, you can make use of the NHS. Now, it is going through a bit of a rough patch. 
or maybe it has been going through a bit of a rough patch for quite a while, but it is surviving. You should expect a bit of a waiting time when it comes to surgeries and other things of this nature, but it works. Getting around, public transport, trains, on the other hand, are problematic. <laughs> Known for delays and extremely expensive. At the time of writing, I looked up a train journey from Manchester to London. It was about 84 euros at the cheapest, up to about 115, 120 euros on that specific day, which is around 200 miles in distance, 320 kilometers, and around four hours and 30 minutes in the car. When I was living in London, I actually worked in the city centre. So I lived in zone six, London is split into six zones, and where I worked was zone one. If you're familiar with London, that would be Oxford Street. So every day I would have to take the train there and back. The journey was about an hour. It could be 45 minutes at the quickest, but it could be an hour and a half or more if there were delays or it was really busy. Now I bought a, an annual card. So I paid for the year, I paid a reduced rate because I paid for the year, and I was allowed to use the, the tube, I was going to say the tube, but it's the trains, in all zones in London, at any time of the day. I can't remember exactly how much I paid, but I'm sure that it was above £3,000, give or take. Could be a little bit less, could be more. So just think about the cost of that. Now I know that we do pay a lot for public transport travel in some countries, but in others, it is considerably cheaper. So you have to factor those things in as well. Now, I know that gas prices or petrol's prices in the UK, gas is an American word, are also very expensive at the moment. But still, I think that using the train to get around the country or even the city is pricey. Buses are pretty good though, quite reasonably priced and fairly reliable. A regular service, but apart from London City, the most favourable way of getting around is definitely by car. Well, everybody, I have been reminiscing a little bit about living in the UK. There is much more I could say, but I've covered some important and interesting points as far as I'm concerned. And I would say, hit me up on Instagram at English Life with Benjamin if you have any further questions, if you would like to make a comment about it, or say something that I didn't answer today in this podcast. I look forward to seeing you in the next one. Thank you for listening and bye for now.